welcome to wake up and grow i am natalie bittinger and today we are going to take a dive into the term weak flesh the tea of the day that you just heard me sipping on just a couple seconds ago is country peach passion which is a personal favorite um that tea is still really hot that kind of hurt <laughs> but first we're going to be looking at and kind of focusing our conversation around today is Matthew 26 verse 41 which says watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak the human body has roughly 650 named skeletal muscles now the skeletal muscles do not include um, smooth muscles, which are the which are the muscles within the walls of your digestive system and um, your throat, which moves food and waste through your body. It also doesn't include the cardiac muscles within your heart that pump blood um, through your arteries, capillaries, and veins. Skeletal muscles are the muscles that are attached to your skeleton and that make the movements that we see when we go on a walk, when we uh, point at something, you know. They're the muscles that enable me to sit up straight right now and to move my jaw and mouth to speak and flip through my notes here. The strongest muscle based upon weight, there are different categories in which you can rate strongest muscles, but based upon weight, the masseter is the strongest muscle. The masseter, for those who haven't taken an anatomy class, is the muscle that connects the lower and top mandibles, the jaw bones, and that closes and opens the mouth. The weightlifting record for men is still held by, I'm gonna pronounce this really bad, but Lasha Talakadze. Um, and he lifted a total of 1,067 pounds between a snatch lift and then a clean lift. The weightlifting record for women hasn't changed since, I believe it was 2009, um, and is still held by Kerry. Bourgeois or Bourdieu. I don't know. I'm not good at pronouncing things. But she lifted a total of 1,154.72 pounds between a deadlift, a bench press, and a squat lift. So you might be wondering, okay, cool. Natalie, you've shown your knowledge about anatomy and you're telling us about the weightlifting world record. What does that have to do with today's episode? Well, today's episode kind of revolves around the topic of strength and weakness. And as humans, we are weak by nature. We lack the fruits of the spirit before we have committed our lives to Christ because we are flesh. We may intend to do good with our actions, but without the spirit of God living inside of us, 
our carnal and selfish na- selfish nature shines through in every act. For example, I may intend to be kind to a customer at my work, but and, and when I greet them when they come up to my register, I may say all the right things, but without truly wanting to show them love through the fruit of the spirit love if I'm not really wanting to show them love deep down my maybe I'm tired that morning maybe my tiredness will cause my tone to be a little irritated and they'll pick up on that humans are very good at picking up on social cues but with the fruit of the spirit within me It won't matter what my situation is, whether I'm tired or not. I, if I truly want to show them love, then that's what's going to happen. So kind of the first point I want to make is that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the last part of the um, verse I just read from Matthew. And... Something that has always kind of been in my head was this depiction of how the spirit and the flesh, the desires of God and the desires of our worldly, our our flesh, the world, are constantly at war with each other. And we notice that even more when we do have Christ in our life, because there's suddenly this... um, conflict that we feel because now we know that before before I had Christ in my life, now I know what I was doing before was wrong. And so that battle between the spirit and the flesh suddenly becomes more apparent and more um, noticeable to us. And like I said before, the spirit wants the will and the ways of God but the flesh, our carnal nature, wants our will and our way, the will and the way of the world. This carnal nature, this um, desire of the flesh is something that everybody has. It says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm going to go ahead and read 24 as well. And are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It says blatantly there in the scriptures, everyone falls short of the glory of God. Everyone has this fleshly desire and this um, fleshly outlook. That's a weird word to use in my opinion. But this world, this outlook and desire to want the things of the world versus the things of God. And this is where selfishness enters our hearts. And that's pretty much something that we see from day one of a person. And for those of you who have young children or have babysat young children or have been around young children in general, you will notice that it's all about me, 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 me. That's 
my toy, that's my food, don't touch my stuff. We are born with sin and this selfish carnal nature. We are born bent towards the desires of the flesh. And unfortunately, that's something that humanity has and will continue to crave is our own desires and our own ways. The second point I want to make is that these sinful cravings can be controlled. We don't have to continue to live chasing after the desires of our flesh. Ephesians 3, 14-21 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in, in heaven on, and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, those verses kind of speak to how when we allow God to work in us, he strengthens us. And he strengthens that, um, his spirit within us and in, in the war with the flesh, he strengthens the spirit and we are able to resist temptation and sin easier. Now it's not going to be easy at first. I remember when I first became a Christian, I still on occasion fell into temptation, but it's perseverance and um, opening up and allowing God to work within you that helps us to turn from temptation and sin and how we're able to turn from those things um, is kind of explained in Colossians 3 verses 1 through 3 when it says if then you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above for Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So God changes our priorities and desires to match His, making the things of the world less desirable and dimmer in comparison to the things we can look forward to in heaven and the things we can look forward to in life here on earth through Christ. The third thing I want to point out is that God sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as a helper for us. In John 14, 15-17 it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to 
be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This helper, the Holy Spirit, is one that the world does not intimately know and cannot understand without Jesus Christ's presence in their lives. The Holy Spirit is God's intimate presence that helps us to differentiate between right and wrong and discerning God's will and his ways. Um, I was actually recently at a teen camp a couple few weeks ago and I was on the crew and the crew had their own devotional time separate from the teens but one of the devotionals that we did the topic was something kind of along these lines of our conscience and the way it was described I thought it was really neat was your conscience is like a microphone and when you start to do wrong, the Holy Spirit will come up to the microphone and speak, letting you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Now, the conscience and um, conviction, just about everybody has a conscience, whether they're Christian or not. But conviction through the Holy Spirit is when you are a Christian in the Holy Spirit is influencing your conscience. But when we do become Christians, when we allow God to speak into that microphone of our conscience through the Holy Spirit, that is when we are living in the ways of the Spirit versus the flesh. The fourth point I want to make is that the flesh can win in this little battle that it's having with the spirit, but only if we allow it to. As I said before, the flesh and spirit are constantly at war with each other, each competing for dominant influence in our lives. Kind of imagine two dogs in a dog fight. Both are the same age and breed. Uh, let's say two-year-old pitbulls. Both come into the fight with the intention of winning. However, the winner isn't determined by their intention or their age or breed. The winner is determined by whichever dog is fed, taken care of, trained, and given attention to. If we allow worldly influences to fill our lives, we are feeding the flesh. For example, some of the things that um, feed the flesh as well as the spirit can be our friend groups, our music or entertainment in general choices, where our focus lies, and our goals that we set for ourselves. However, if we allow God to influence our lives, we are quote-unquote feeding the spirit. And the things I listed before, the friend groups, entertainment choices, our focus, and our goals can also be applied here. But some of the main things I think is, are important to do in order to feed the spirit is 
prayer and being in conversation with God, reading his word outside of just normal Sunday services. His word is bread, water, and life and light for us. You can't just put it off to the side. I learned that very quickly and kind of harshly. We can also surround ourselves with Christians. This kind of go back goes back to the friend group point. Um, but surrounding ourselves with Christians ensures that we don't conform to worldly peer pressure. We can also seek out opportunities to spread the gospel, whether it's at work, at home, or anywhere in between. And we can also constantly be seeking God's will for our lives above our own. For example, I, for the longest time, my career goal in life was to do scientific research. I love science, still do to this day. As you can tell by the intro of this episode, I still do a lot of scientific reading, but I quickly realized after a lot of prayer and a lot of um, time spent with God that while that knowledge is great and that being a, a scientific researcher in whatever field isn't necessarily a bad career. It's not like I'm going out and robbing banks or anything. That's not what God wanted from me. And instead of putting my wants and desires above God's to be the scientific researcher, I chose to follow his plan. And instead of studying to become a scientific researcher, I am now studying to be a law enforcement officer. But I quickly learned that God's will for our lives is so much better than any plan we could ever think of and come up with. But we choose whether the flesh or the spirit wins each battle they face. One will come out victorious. There is no draw or compromise or tie in this fight. We all face desires and ways of the flesh that conflict, whether you're a new Christian or have been one for decades. One thing that I struggled with was my mental attitude slash thought pattern towards others. I was incredibly judgmental in my thinking and had the tendency to think very negatively towards and about a lot of people. I placed myself on a pedestal thinking thoughts such as, Oh, but I don't do what they do, therefore I'm a better person. It's okay. Until God got a hold of me and reminded me that I was not the only person that he created. And that every person I saw was his child. I had to learn to change my perspective and mindset from the flesh to the spirit. And there's going to be several moments in our lives where we have to choose between listening to the flesh or the spirit. It's not just a one-time deal. A one and done situation is not one of those. It's something that's going to pop up in our lives until we're dead in the dirt or until Jesus comes back. It's something that we're going to face. Some battles will be more easily won than others. 
Some are going to drive you to your knees, and some will gain you respect, while others will gain you hate and judgment from those who choose to follow the world or the flesh. It's not going to be easy. But with that in mind, remember that God is with you the entire time, and he wants to help you. He wants to guide you to what it is that the Spirit, his Spirit, desires for you. And he wants to protect you from the desires of the flesh and keep them at bay. As it says in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is omnipresent. And omnipresent means always present. And so, kind of what I want to leave you with is... When you find yourself in a battle between the desires of the flesh and the spirit, well, first remember that you're not alone in this battle. Secondly, I want you to try and apply the fruits of the spirit to the action or decision that you're trying to make. If it doesn't align with all of the fruits, that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If it doesn't apply to all nine of those, then maybe you should rethink the action or decision. And in whatever you do, whether it's a big decision or a small decision, bring it to God and he will guide you if you listen. God, while he can do miracles, he can do anything, a lot of our spiritual walk is dependent on our choices. It's going to be work on our part. It's not just a coast down the lazy river at a water park. I'd like to send you off by reading um, the verse that I started today's episode with just to keep it fresh in your mind. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to thank you for listening um, and just remind you that Wake Up and Grow is a bi-weekly episode that means episodes are released every other Monday. I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at WUGPOD, that's W-U-G-P-O-D, and go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Bittinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.